Save it for the pod. <laughs> I think that's gonna be if if Dom and I make shirts, that's gonna be our uh, our tagline. Save it for the pod. Save it for the pod. Because yeah, all the time it's like, so what about this? And like, oh shit, no, we gotta save that for the pod. <laughs> Greetings, Earthlings. Hello, hello, hello. We're at episode nine. Damn it. That's right. We are back. My name is Shibby. My name is Rooster. And this is After Two Tequila Shots, the, talk, the show where we talk about current events after taking two tequila shots, unfiltered, uncensored, unpredictable, but always distilled. We have no idea what we're doing today. Let's go. All right, all right, all right. Hello. Greet the listeners, Rooster. Uh, Greetings to all. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Um, We appreciate you every single time that you do. So thank you for doing that. Thank you to anyone who spreads the word. We're an episode away from being in double digits. Where's my my sound effects? (laughs) That's right. Uh, So that means that we've been doing this for over two months now. Hey. Pretty consistently. So for uh, those of you who are joining us for the very first time. This is a show where we talk about current events after two tequila shots. That's right. And maybe more over the course of this conversation. It, 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 the libations mm-hmm. help loosen the conversation so that it flows a little smoother. Uh, if you're joining us for the first time, my name is Shibby. I am a performer, poet, publisher, producer, and community organizer, and she is feeling herself in this little shawl thing that she found at Marshall's, y'all. At Marshall's you at found At Marshall's. All, all of my best, like, wardrobe things mm. that I get complimented on usually come from either Marshall's or Ross. Hashtag dress for less. That, I mean, yeah. Uh, my mother raised me right. We stand a good deal. <laughs> Always. That was literally most of my childhood was like going with my mother to like Marshall's or Ross where she would find like the most amazing things. Did and you ever go to like Wieners? Are those other old? I have no idea what that is. No? Okay. I mean, I know what Wieners are, but I don't know what Wieners <laughs> is. Shout out to the people who know about like Wieners or those other like pre-Ross mm-hmm. like stores that used wow, to exist. Wow, pre-Ross. Yeah. I mean, the logic behind it was always, it's not about how much you spend, it's about how much you saved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Always. And I mean, especially like with the consistent buys, like the school clothes, mm-hmm. that was my mom's go-to. I need new jeans in my life. I may need to go. Mm. To Ross? Or, yeah. I don't know. My weight has fluctuated so much over mm-hmm. the past like few months, I'm like, I have two pairs of pants that fit me. I've really gotten into the like purchasing way more clothing through Amazon that I'm proud to like admit. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. I'm sorry people, but they just, I I find their brands to be very comfortable. Okay. uh, Fit well. Okay. And then I don't have to deal with like the Ross issues of being at a Ross. Yeah. Cause the main issue with Ross is one, it's a mess. And two, that checkout line is going to be standing like 45 minutes just to purchase something that line can be like all the way to the back and there's still only two people working yeah and that's why like if you're gonna go you have to make it worth your time and you need to go and you need to pile up everything into that cart uh, there's no reason to go if you're just going to buy like one thing. And then also there's like the which side of town Ross that you're on because each Ross has different mm-hmm. like different, calibers of They of have different artifacts. buyers, you know, yes. to appeal to the demographics of that neighborhood. Totally. Uh, yeah, it's an adventure. I just don't trust buying clothes online. Like I have to try it on first. Mm. That's that's my main barrier be- behind. Yeah. I also, you know, had traumatic experiences with uh, what was what was the name of that app? 
is it Wish? Oh, well, it was Wish. Yeah, Wish that is like you order something and it looks like super fucking cool in like the pictures. Sure. And then it arrives and it's like this knockoff version of whatever was in the pictures. Yeah. And it's also like three sizes too small That's for That's why you. they make all the Wish memes. Because <laughs> they're always bad. I was like, no, never again. I don't shop online for clothes. I, I used to be a part of one of those um, clothes. You know those? They, I, they're still around, but they were those like capsules of clothing options that would come to your door like it was like a subscription oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like i was subscribed for like a I, I don't remember why i was i was broke so you I were trying to be bespoke i think what? it was because I, I like you know me and know that my fashion sense is zero dusty it's clearly dusty because it just exists as long as there are clothes on my body i feel like i'm winning uh-huh. the day so i was like you know what i needed to set this up this had to have been like, like over 10 years ago and i was I, I didn't really have the money but they were like newer at the time so I was like let me go on ahead and just get the subscription so every month I was getting these new subscriptions of clothes and Uh I was like okay these fit good they look good I was like okay now it looks like it appears as though I have a a sense of fashion (laughs) some sort of style or taste but the quality of clothes were so bad they would just disintegrate after a month which is why you needed the next capsule of clothing so I will say today you you have you know this this like bohemian chic Esque going on. All right. All right. For the for the listeners. For put the together listeners. dusty is yes, really what it is. Yes, put together dusty. If the Adidas slippers that you were wearing were a little cleaner. Sure. But you know, like nice, you know, like black sweatpants. They're they're clean, they're lint free. Yeah. And then this little like dark gray charcoal, charcoal. shirt. Yeah. But what really sets it off it's is the, the fact necklace. is the net not the not so oh, much not the, the necklace, necklace is the fact that the dark gray charcoal shirt matches this like do-rag beanie thing that yes. you're wearing. Same dark gray charcoal, but this has like this little like worn like intentionally torn thing and then the necklace is the cherry the on top. The piece de resistance. The piece of, yes, I'm not even going to. My, my boss is French. <laughs> I am not going to try and say that. Um, so. For new listeners, my name is Rooster. I'm also a poet and a writer from San Antonio, Texas. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, let's just dive in. Yes, let's dive into the tequila let's because you are it. making some comments. Yes. Uh, so please, for those who are not here, explain what tequila we're drinking and how your relationship to this tequila. So this is Don Julio 70. Mm-hmm. This is Don Julio 70. That's the way we have to say it. Because this uh, Don Julio, uh, for those who may not be familiar with the tequila dynasty, Don Julio is one of the top brands of tequila out there. Definitely top shelf tequila. And they have like penthouse top shelf tequila. And then mm-hmm. they have like regular top shelf tequila. And so this tequila was manufactured for their 70 year anniversary. And this is a Blanco Reposado. It is... Or they no, call it something no, no, like no, that. No, 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 It's an Añejo. Oh, Añejo. It's, it's an a... Añejo, and it's considered a Cristalino. Cristal. Yes, yes, yes. An Añejo Cristalino. It was specifically created for their 70th anniversary. You can't find this very much. Uh, there was a moment in my life where my father works in customs, right? So he works in import-export, and one of his clients, like, gifted him, like, a case of these Don Julio 70s, right? Damn. So, like, we had, like, 12 of them in the house. <laughs> for those that don't know what a Añejo Cristalino is, an Añejo is a tequila that's been aged uh, usually more than three years, up to something like 15 years. And these mm-hmm. are aged in white oak barrels. And so mm-hmm. they don't have that dark amber color that Añejo usually has. It's a clear tequila. So it looks like a Blanco, but it tastes like an Añejo. And there's just something so, there's no burn. Uh, the, no, no burn. 
to this tequila. Yeah. It is smooth. It's got a soft, subtle little palette to it. Like, I, this is my favorite tequila of all tequilas. And you have not, thoughts about it. I'm done. I'm not a, I'm not 100% a fan on it. I think it's because, I'll say this. I feel there are other tequilas that we've had that have more of a robust flavor profile sure. that this does not have. Yeah. I will completely concede the point that that this is probably some of the smoothest alcohol I've just ever had. Zero burn, people. Yeah. You could just hold it in your mouth. That's what I've done literally with every shot. It's like I've hold it in my mouth and I'm like, mm, yes, and then I swallow. Yeah, yeah. But like, like but no. as I hold it in my mouth, I'm just I'm getting like a slight burn, but no real flavor popping out at me in any mm. way. But it still leaves the warm. And I love the warmies in the chest. Mm -hmm. Definitely the warmies. The thing is, you know, like I'm not usually a fan of Añejo tequilas just because for me, the, I was wondering it's, that. it's too like there's the Blanco, which it's has like perfect. No, <laughs> there's the Blanco that has like zero right. taste. It's all agave. Yeah. And then there's the Añejo that has like all the oak taste and all the wood taste and mm. all of that. That sometimes to me is overpowering. And that's yeah. why I love the Reposado because it's like this in between where you get the agave and you get the oak. And it's like a beautiful little marriage in the middle and but, the agave gives that like almost like sugary mm -hmm. fruity yes that you don't get from other types of liquor the because sweetness I, right and so have you, you ever eaten uh uh agave, agave yeah. yeah yeah the, the like piña, as yeah they yeah call it. it's and and see the thing i'm a whiskey drinker so like the anejo speaks more to my sensibilities on this because it's all about the the, the oak and the wood just and punching the, you in mm -hmm. the face like hard mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. well so. speaking of punching in the face it's been a busy busy week in the news that's and the everything theme that's been of this going episode. on. We're going to be punching in the face. Let's get into our major news events recap of the week. Let's go, people. So let us start with poetry stuff. Let's start with poetry stuff. I, I was going to say, I'm looking at the list and I'm like, we don't have to go in order here. Uh, <laughs> but well, I let's just start like, with poetry stuff. So I think the theme of this episode is that bitches be busy. We are busy uh, individuals over the course of National Poetry Month. You've been traveling like crazy. I just, yeah, I was just in uh, Philadelphia, then Buffalo, then uh, Erie, which is on the west side of Pennsylvania. And, Any good eats? And then back. Um, Along the, the trip? Because you're a foodie. I am a foodie. Actually, let's talk about that real quick. Would you consider yourself a foodie? 100%. Okay, cool. cool. I love food. I no, love food. And I love... So here's the thing that I do whenever I'm traveling. All right, I'm going to I'm gonna put it out into the world and everyone's not going to know my secret. Um, <laughs> I used to travel a lot for work with Mac. Mac. Yeah. You know, in which uh, I was a regional trainer. And so my region was spread out across the state of Texas. And so I would have to travel... Um, and I would ho host these trainings that I would have to stay for a week somewhere or whatever. And now as a poet, I get to travel the world and go all over the place to perform. And so usually I'm by myself because that's the life of a traveling artist. And... I, I go to dinner, especially when I was with Mac, right? Because I had that corporate Amex. Mm. So I'm going to dinner, dinner. Right. Okay. We're not, we not getting Arby's. We're no. going to dinner, yeah. dinner. And so in my head, I would play this game where I would pretend that I was a food critic for like a major, <laughs> you know, like magazine yeah. out there uh, for food and wine magazine. But yeah. nobody knew. I was an sure. undercover food critic. Yeah. So I would go to these restaurants and I would order whatever my heart desired. Mm -hmm. And I would like eat it with like tiny little bites and like really savor every and notes listen to and, the notes and mm. what was happening on the plate and how they were like talking to each other and so like i legitimately love to just 
eat food and really just savor in it. Here's a tip too. If you do that, bring a notebook or like some sort of like book <laughs> that you write in. Start taking it. It doesn't matter if it's a journal, like your bullet journal, whatever. And then take a couple photos and you will get like some, uh, the, 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 the wait staff catches you. Uh-huh. The, and then all of a sudden you may get a, an extra complimentary thing. Cause they don't know. They don't know. Exactly. Yeah. That was my thing. I'm undercover. Cause right. It's yeah. this thing. It was like, you know, here's this person eating by themselves right. in this nice restaurant. You know, I like I like to eat nice things. Yeah. Uh, which isn't to say that like. Because a lot of people don't do that. Yeah, exactly. They don't eat by themselves. No, Usually yeah. you go with a group. You go with friends. You go with I your partner. I will bowl by myself. I don't give a damn. You will bowl. Bowl. Like go bowling. I'll do uh, everything that uh, like. This is news Requires like people with. I can totally do by myself. How have we been. You like to bowl? Yeah. I like bowling. I'm why, cool. Why bowling. haven't we gone bowling? I don't know. Rooster doesn't love me. <laughs> I will say so on, on the on the food side. Uh, thinking back on my travels this past week, yeah, where was the good spots? There was a place in because you were in Buffalo, right? And I was also in Des Moines, Iowa. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> and let's just let's be very clear: Des Moines, Iowa is white. Sure, white the and Hawkeye flat State. and beige, and apparently soybeans. Oh, really? Iowa's Exports soybeans. And in in Des Moines, Iowa, I found a place called Zombie Burgers. Okay. And it's exactly what you think it is. We got to tag them in this post. <laughs> it is it is uh, hipster sure. to the extreme. Well, okay. AFI mm. was playing on the radio. AFI, Nine Inch Nails. Like, okay. All of the wait staff tattooed. Piercings, colored hair, you know, like this is this is quintessential emo punk rock. We watch horror movies and we we stand George Romero like that kind of like vibe. And right. so every item on their menu had some sort of name that referenced. So instead of like walking, like they had the waking dead burger, mm. which was the burger with the fried egg on yeah. top and the beak of the guy. Right. You know, uh, things like that to where everything was a pun and you know how I feel about puns. Yes. Everything was a pun that had like some sort of horror zombie movie thing. And so they had this one burger mm-hmm. that instead of buns, they had fried mac and cheese. No. Yes, stop. they did. No, stop. I'm mad at that. I don't like that. I don't like that. No. No, no, it no, It was no, a no, burger, no. but instead of mm. resting on actual buns, it rested on fried mac and cheese patties. I'm all for the deconstruction of like certain like food favorites, but we're going out of hand. Look, with, like, it was not a burger. No. It was mac and cheese with ground meat and more cheese yeah. and bacon, and it was delicious. Because I would imagine that like the hot burger would eventually melt the mac and cheese no no, no no because the mac and cheese is fried like it is it is literally oh, so it's like okay it, it is a it is a patty uh, of fried mac and cheese uh, somehow they formed a patty covered it in whatever deep fried it and so it forms this like solid patty that's american as fuck that's yeah all I'm gonna say. yeah it's white as fuck oh my god 100 but it was delicious so that's- i i will say this though to your point we love puns on this show but I hate puns on restaurant menus because sometimes the pun will be better than the food item presented and you want to get it because the pun is just so like striking in the moment. 
And I'm that's why I'm very dubious about certain restaurants with 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 punny. Look, I just I just pulled it up so that we can look at it. There is the Juan of the Dead. Oh, sure. And Juan let, of the Dead. Let me guess. Let me guess. It does it have uh, pico de gallo. It does not. Salsa. Chipotle mayo. No, okay. Well, this is Iowa. Green Shit. chili. Yes, oh, yeah. Okay. Des Moines, yeah, Iowa. I gotta, yeah, I gotta Moines, check Iowa. myself. Green chili <laughs> with cheese croquettes, Monterey Jack cheese, caramelized onions, and chipotle mayo. All okay. right. Uh, there's also 28 Days Later, mm-hmm. which is a blue cheese and caramelized onion uh, burger. There is... And I don't see the connection between that and 28 Days Later outside of the fact that that's what they name it. I'm well, sorry. Well, no, it's blue cheese. Blue cheese has to be aged. Okay. <laughs> You're like, no. The the one that I was describing, which was the deep fried deep fried macaroni and cheese bun, was the the walking ched uh, instead of the walking dead. Uh-huh. 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 So yeah. Um The Planet Terror. That's a good they got the deep cuts. Yeah. I, I respect it. Yeah, they, they it was legit. I, I was so they were it. the tops of the trip. I I think culinarily wise, yes. I was here for Des Moines, Iowa's burger joint and where it was at. Because you were in Buffalo too, right? I was in Buffalo. Buffalo was cute. We had some ramen. It was fine. So well, you are a ramen go-getter. I you do love the ramen. Hashtag body by ramen. You do. Um, and so the fact <laughs> the fact that you were in Buffalo, New York, and you're like, where's the ramen spot? Is, well, okay, wait, 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 because you and I both love wings. Yeah, no, I have and to. And you were in Buffalo, New York, <laughs> and you were like, no, 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 the ramen's the, the move. I, I misstepped. Okay. Okay, I'm going to, I'm just going to admit that. You zagged when you should have zigged. Yeah, uh, I had a feature at a place called the Gypsy Bar uh-huh. in Buffalo, Gypsy Parlor in Buffalo, New York, and everyone was like, get the wings, get the wings, get the wings, and I had nails. Mm-hmm. I, I had acrylics. Mm-hmm. They were they were cute. I didn't want to get that dirty. And they had ramen on their on their menu. So you went as to the well. You went to the wing spot and ordered the ramen. I went to I went to a pub. Oh. and ordered the ramen. Got it. And what I got was, was pork stew. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, this is not ramen. This is not ramen at all. Yeah, this is just pork. This is this is shredded pork that's in its stew with some noodles, and I'm not going to eat this. And I didn't. Yeah. I absolutely didn't. I yeah. And then to make up for it, they took me to an actual like Japanese place that had like actual ramen, and I was like, all right, this is good. It's good ramen. It's good ramen. It's, Again, it's not Buffalo, great. New York. I know. I messed up. I messed up. Should have had the wings. Everybody around me was having wings. Should have had the wings. They were having a great time. They were. They smelled so good. I had nails. I hear you. I'm, I'm, I no, had no, no, nails. I hear you. I hear you. Anybody hear you. out there have nails? No shade. Video that like, they're like, I can't, I can't eat this because then it's going to be like sauce underneath my nails. And it's going to be there for like seven days. Yeah. I don't know how we've got on this tangent. Oh, because bitch has been busy. Bitch has been busy. And so we You've been traveling. Are, it's not. National Poetry Month. We we are Rolodexing through like, okay, what happened this week? And I don't know what we're going to talk about. And I don't know if we've actually researched any of the topics that we're going to talk about, at least collectively. So where do we want to start? Poetry. National Poetry yes. Month. Yes. Let's, 
talk about National Poetry Month. First off, uh, we gave a, a warm welcome to National Poetry Month at, on one episode a while back. I agree. You know, uh, maybe episode six. I agree. Whatever. You know, we're almost double digits. Um, and uh, yesterday, you and I were both at Laredo Border Slam's Battle at the Border. That's right. Which was a fantastic time because I have a very, very, very special spot in my heart for Laredo, Texas. I love y'all. If they could adopt me unofficially, <laughs> I'm for it. Like, listen. As someone who doesn't live in Laredo, Texas, please tell us why you love Laredo, Texas. Um, As someone who's never lived in Laredo, Texas. Because I've also lived in other small towns across the United States okay. here and there. Uh, like Ratcliffe, Kentucky. and Yeah, Copper's Grove, Texas. Uh, the whole 254. Shout out to y'all. I think sometimes when we talk about the country at large and and and... You know, there's always that push between like you have the the coastal elites and then mm. the real folks in the middle. Mm. Listen, the real folks in the middle are nuts in good <laughs> ways and bad ways. Like uh-huh. we usually highlight the bad ways, but in the good ways, I fuck with it. Yeah. So like Laredo is this the bar we were at last night is called Howl's Howl's Land or Restaurant it was and Howl's bar. Landing. Now it's Howl's Restaurant and Bar. Okay. And this was like I told the homie Chris who was there. Shout out to the homie because he listens. Always welcome on the pod. Always welcome on the pod. Uh, I was like, this place is like an Applebee's on steroids. (laughs) They had two DJs playing different versions of like reggaeton. Wait, wait, no, 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 no. They had two DJs and a live band. Yeah, that was the next step. And the live band playing Tejano Cajunto music. Cumbias, cumbias. All night. Yeah. And and like outside was louder than inside. We're on the patio open air and it's uh-huh. louder than it was inside. Also, the place's AC had broken down and outside was cooler than yes. inside. It was 98 degrees last yesterday in Laredo, Texas. Yeah. Oh, I'm so here for summer. And every time I go to Laredo, it's just this, 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 this intro. I love going to small towns sometimes and then just feeling like I'm the weirdo because I, I don't know, like the people look at you and they're like, oh, this guy's not from here. And then that reaction is always this weird alchemy of like either magic's going to happen or a hate crime is might happen. Yeah. Or they're going to ask me about like nachos and some bullshit. But like in Laredo, it's always like magical. It's just people just they live to live. Yeah. They drink to drink. They dance to dance. And no one is like there's zero. There's no. But there's 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 a touch in that, you know, like. We're going to how everyone's going to Howl's Landing in Laredo, Texas, and they are dressed. There are to heels. The there are heels. There are cocktails. There are button ups. Mm-hmm. There is jewelry. There's silver. You know, the happening. The chichis are out. The yes. legs are out. The dudes are trying. The, they're in their fine the flies. Jays. The dudes always look like they had a fade this morning. Yeah, like it's always fresh. Yeah, it's the cowboy hats wild. are on point. The cowboy boots are on point. That was my favorite part. To where it's like, do you want cumbia? Go to the live band. Do you want top forties? Stay inside on mm-hmm. the dance floor. Do you want reggaeton? Go outside. It was like whatever you wanted. You could go to house and you can get it. Uh, but that was after the post. Poetry ended. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we were there for the poetry. We were there for the poetry, and it was a fantastic night. And uh, with Laredo specifically, it's a very near and dear place to us because one, you were the original founder of Laredo Border Slam, <laughs> which has now gone through different hands and is in the hands of Miss B. Shout out to Miss B. Shout out to the people that keep it going. You know, there All was this moment. Yeah. There was this moment. Uh, I always get like it's. <sighs> 
there was a moment where like they were trying to shout me out like in the middle of the competition i was like shut the fuck up shut the fuck up shut the fuck up we're in the middle of a competition you can't say this right because then i you know it could be skewed as like preferential treatment but right. yes what year are we in 13 years ago i started laredo border slam mm -hmm. and it was just me spitting poetry at a bunch of people who had no idea what poetry was mm -hmm. and in the course of like bringing out of town poets to show laredo like the possibilities of what poetry could be it spawned it it grew it's beautiful it has now evolved it's a 501c3 they do great work for the city they they provide a wonderful space and it continues to thrive and knock on wood it does not and uh, anytime soon. Round so, of applause for LBS. There we go. Laredo Border Slam. Yeah. We're giving you your flowers while we're still here. Absolutely. We had a great time. San so, Antonio showed up, showed out, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, took first, second, third, fourth. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sixth, be, seventh, eighth. Yeah. No, 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 no. There's somewhere along somewhere the way. Somewhere along the way. But to be fair, out of the top four, two of them are Laredoans originally. Yep. Me and Cuppy Cake. Shout out to Cuppy Cake. Mm -hmm. uh, grew up in Laredo. And so it was a good balance. It was a good night. Yeah. Um, so we've been busy because, like, I got home at three in the morning. You just got here a couple hours ago. A couple ago. hours ago. And here we are recording this pod. Yeah. So, so we, we wanted to shout that out first and foremost. And then uh, the next topic. What do we got? What do we you want to talk about Taylor Swift? This is, if ever we were going to get canceled, this is the moment. Maybe. Okay. Because Swifties be fierce. Okay. All right. I'm here for that. You, like, come you know, at like me, Swifties. Every, every major pop superstar has their, you know, there's the Here's Beehive, a there's the Little Monsters, mm -hmm. there's the, the, the Lambs from Mariah. Sure. Uh, Swifties. Swifties took down how old is the, Ticketmaster. How okay? old do you think the oldest Swiftie is? Like in the demographic? I have no idea because I hate Taylor Swift. Okay, see, this is kind of why Where I put it on I there. I can't. I, I'm, I'm never ever against Taylor Swift. I think Taylor, well, because Taylor began when she was 15 or 16 as and, a country star, I and think. now she's 30. I don't know. Like. This is one of these interesting things about about pop stardom. And it was funny because on the drive over here, uh, there was some like kind of mid to late aughts music playing. And I kind of missed it. I was like, damn, like I missed the, th that time where you had like the Black Eyed Peas, a Taylor Swift kind of in the mix, early Rihanna. And, and this time where like at the nightclub, everyone was trying to dance like you got served. <laughs> and so they were showing out. And now like with like these new acts, it's just kind of all the same. And I and, and, and maybe again, we're the elder millennials in the in the conversation. But I don't. I don't know how young people sort of catch a vibe that makes them want to get up and groove. Mm. And I mean, you may want to bleep this, but, you know, same with Taylor Swift. Like, I've never really heard Taylor Swift songs and thought like, oh, yeah, like this is a voice of a generation. But to give her her flowers, it she is. is a voice of a generation. It is. It's a very specific subset of this country. And I'm not part of it. And I'm just I don't. I don't care. She's kind of like a throwback to to old singer songwriters that I was and still am really into, like the the Joan is Baez, she, the Carly Simon, so yeah, the Carly Simons, Tori Amos. Like, is she or was she? Because I whatever mm. incarnations I've seen of Taylor Swift recently are very. I'm Taylor Swift, but I'm trying to be rated R Rihanna, or I'm trying to be rated PG risque Rihanna. Madonna, yeah. or I'm trying to like. I don't feel like she's ever turned that hard into the curve. I don't feel like I've paid enough attention to have. Uh, and I, I don't know. I feel like I've seen some things where like she's trying to 
do some bondage something or other and really push the envelope and it's like but you're Taylor Swift. But she's also lasted longer than a lot of her contemporaries. Like I would say she's lasted longer than Katy Perry. Yeah. And I mean Katy had a stronger run maybe from the onset. Um than Taylor did. Uh-huh. Made a bigger splash on 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 that first you know from I kissed a girl and I liked it on. Mm-hmm. But but then since like, you know, with the shake it offs and Listen, I can't, I'll be honest, I can't name more than two Taylor Swift songs. Yeah, it's not. But she's uh, had a a, a tremendous, Miley Cyrus came and gone. There was this moment where like Taylor Swift like took off, overcame Shakira, uh, Christina Aguilera, Britney Britney. Spears, all of that. You know, Pink would jump up and then come down. uh, And then Adele came on and was like, bye bitches. Ooh, I don't think Adele did that. Oh, yes, she did. No, no, no. and again, this is not to take any. I, what's Adele's fans called? Does Adele have like a hive? Think, actually, I don't think she delis. has. I don't know if she has a. This a is thing. for the delis out there. I'm saying. I'm one of you. I love Adele. Again, I am looking at just album sales, right? Sure. In terms of album sales, Adele showed up and was like, fuck all of y'all. How many I albums does Adele win. have, though? I'm just curious. 1921. Um, I think she's on four because there's 1921. How many albums 30. does Taylor Swift have? How many albums does Taylor Swift have the rights to? <gasps> she's getting them back. She's oh, getting them back. You're so spicy. I know. It's the Don Julio talking. I'm just trying to stir shit. We're going to get canceled We're by all so the Swifties. Gonna get, all the Swifties are going to kill us. I'm but like, like, remember like Lord, who was, yes. you know, like Taylor <laughs> kind of got a lot of those acts out of here. Um, banks. I was. I, I kind of fuck with banks. <laughs> I never heard a bank Good. song before. No, go bump some old banks. I will. I Dua will. Lipa is. I, this is. This is a. You know what's funny? I just kind of recently learned about Dua Lipa. <laughs> um, and I was I like, oh, these are some good. I got to. These are some good hits, man. Um, it's, it's good. Yeah, it's good. You know, and then there's always the creep factor of the being a 39 year old man <laughs> finding the music of like the young people and young uh, girls is like. But, but like, damn it, I love a bop, too. All right. Girls just want to have fun. And that was, you know, that was my thing with Justin Bieber for the longest time, where mm-hmm. it was like, Justin Bieber has great producers. Right. I'd be listening to a song and be like, fuck, yeah, this rhythm, this bop, like, this slaps. Like, okay, I'm here for the, who is this? Did, oh, it's Justin Bieber. Fuck. You know, like, out of principle, like, I don't want to like him. But he's got great producers. And I think maybe, I don't know, I've never gotten into Taylor Swift. I just. It's not happening. But well, apparently. Recently just she ended broke up. A, a, apparently a serious relationship. We're not here to crap on that, Taylor. We are in you. We're with so you and your growth. Mm-hmm. You know, get it together. Fuck that Mom. guy. Fuck that guy. But don't fuck that guy. That's right. Don't answer his text messages. And I bet the next album is going to be fire. Yeah. 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 Speaking Taylor. Of, oh, wait. Before no, we leave, Taylor may be one of those artists, though, that like, because this is something. This is, I guess, the conversation. One something that I talk to people about, especially about music specifically, is that in the 80s, from when I remember and even into the 90s, you had artists like a Janet Jackson or a Mariah Carey or a Cher mm-hmm. or these 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 women who they weren't trying to look like they were 18 years old. Mm-hmm. And now there's been this sort of kind of 
directional turn to where you have the Selena Gomez's, the Ariana Grande's, and and now it's sort of like this hanging on to youth, mm-hmm. right? Even in look and style and delivery and and can marketing. You, can you really look at? Cher and Madonna and say they aren't trying to hang on to youth? They were trying to hang on to edge. I don't think youth. I mean, like, granted, like, Madonna did have, like, a lot of work done back then, but, uh, like... And, but, and then a ton of work done now. But, see, this is where I'll give Madonna some props. And I think Madonna's been getting a bad rap lately, and I'm here to shut that shit down. <laughs> because, like, when music came out, when Frozen came out, yeah, when yeah, yeah. Uh, the song on the Austin Powers soundtrack came out, That's like, right. those were different Beautiful hits. Stranger. Beautiful stranger yes yes. like those were different than what was like the contemporary pop song she was like innovating sound trying trying different things things, yes and they hit here for it and so i'm very curious what that look what growing up and growing old looks like to the younger generations and i think taylor might have the i'm i'm putting my money on taylor to to be the person who as she ages will hit these these stri- these strides and while you may have never been on taylor up to this point <laughs> give her 10 years man i think she's gonna have those albums like joni mitchell or carly simon okay that just kind of slap and i mean and i'm not a fan like i've again i've only heard maybe two songs maybe maybe two songs we'll see where taylor swift's trajectory goes i think that's the interesting thing about like artists that that are coming up in this time where the internet is full blown right you know you drop them out it goes everywhere you you know like the Dua Lipas the um, Doja Cats of the world and uh, what does that career trajectory do like who is not that ever someone could take the place of share, but who is the next share, right? Someone that has like a number one hit every decade for seven decades, right? Like right. nobody's ever done that before, right? There's there's something to be said about artistry. Mm-hmm. There's something to be said about. And I will give Taylor these props in that it's very curated. You know, her presentation onto mm-hmm. the world is super curated. She knows exactly how she wants to present. She knows exactly what she puts out there. She's gotten a lot of pushback for being silent on certain things mm-hmm. because she's trying to curate this image of of who she is. And so I'm here for it. I like I, I acknowledge the work that's being done there. Um, do I like the music? No. <clears throat> so sure. I'm just going to I'm just going to I'm going to stick with my Lady Gaga. Mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm going to stick with her. I think you'd really like Banks. You should go listen to Banks. I'll go listen to Banks. I, yeah. I stand Pink. Um, Pink does amazing really? work. Yeah. Okay. Why is this a surprise? I don't know. I just, I, Pink has never been, I, I, I feel like Pink is the prototype for what Katy Perry then took and like put on a massive level. Yeah, but that I think for Pink, Katy Perry, it was a facade. Mm, I think Katy no, Perry put on an act. Less, yeah, they were all they're all a facade. Yeah, uh, no, and that's where like, but that's why I love pop music that, and I like exploring pop music. But that's because, why I like yeah. Pink because there is no facade. You Pink, know who Pink I want? is being real. Pink is giving is you Pink being real. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, her hits were written by the former lead singer of Four Non Blondes. Which like, hits? All of them, no. like the majority of them. Yes, her biggest hits. Go look that shit up. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Fact yeah, check this she right became now. friends with the the former lead singer of Four Non Blondes, uh, because Pink was a fan, and she ended up writing the majority of like Pink's hits. Oh, look at that! Eight songs you didn't know Pink wrote for other artists. Okay, cool. Seven songs you didn't know Pink wrote. Eight songs Pink wrote for other. Artists. No, 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 no. 
But what I'm talking about is in her presentation and what she's put out into the world, it's always been like, this is just who she is as a person. And who is she as a person? She's this like punk rock. I want like at the beginning. Yes, she definitely like was trapped into a label. She was trying to capture Destiny Child. And and it was, you know, like this is what the label wants you to be. And so that's what she started as. Mm. And then eventually, if you've seen her biography. All right. No, I have. I saw her behind the music VH1. And then eventually like pushed away from that. And she has a voice. Like I'm not trying to shit on. She has an incredible voice and she underutilizes it. I will say Beautiful Trauma. If you listen to that album, it's probably vocally the best album Pink has ever put out there. Like Mm -hmm. she. She absolutely put her vocals like to the test. And who else like fucking sings upside down while suspended 300 feet in the air? True. I mean, I, 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 pink always gets flowers. We're not here to shame pink. How dare you? <laughs> you know who I do want to shame? Let's do it. Greg Abbott. You explain it. I wrote it. You wrote it. I don't know what we are. Okay. All right. So. Fascism watch. Fascism is alive and well in Texas, as we all know. Abbott is pushing to pardon a recently convicted uh, murderer, Mm -hmm. Daniel Perry, who ended the life of Garrett Foster at a Black Lives Matters march in 2020. Uh, Perry, the murderer, drove his car into a group of protesters, including Foster, a white Air Force veteran. Foster was carrying an AK-47, a legal act in Texas. It is legal. We are in Texas. Open carry is fine. Mm -hmm. Perry's attorney said that at the trial, Foster raised his rifle, prompting Perry to shoot Foster five times through his car window with a handgun. Witnesses say that Foster did not raise his rifle. Why is this here? Why so are we talking it. about this? Because I feel like us, and then and Laredo Border Slam kind of speaks to this too, where we were at, we, with the work that we share, the work that you write, the work that I write. We all, you and I, I would say, kind of live in this cultural nexus of we love Texas. We are so bothered by the political everything of Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, I think, a watershed moment in sort of Texas hypocrisy, while also being like. Uh, Texas just at war with itself on its basic philosophical views on so many different things. So to kind of summarize what you just did, but like to summarize what happened, this individual who was recently convicted of murder for the crime that he committed, Mm -hmm. uh, as soon as the conviction kind of was sentenced and, you know, uh, punishments levied, uh, Greg Greg Abbott kind of got in front of it and said, oh, I can't pardon him specifically yet, but I'm going to start these processes I really want to pardon this individual because I think that what he did was not wrong Mm -hmm. and it's this whole we've been talking about these culture wars that are happening and I think this is a a, a very concentrated encapsulation of how stupid and wrong and horrible all this shit is because uh, what was the name of the individual who committed the murder? Uh, Daniel Perry. Daniel Perry. They have in the over the course of the trial, they found a large trove of like horribly offensive, racist, like deliberate, like right wing conspiracy. This 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 white supremacy, white supremacy sort of rhetoric that he was putting on all types of social media, talking about things as foul as I wish I can go to England to, you know, execute Muslim immigrants, you know, who are overtaking, you know, Europe and and, and, and to this effect. Right. So there's this dude has a track record of, of, of white supremacy and of, of these horrible things. So he drove his car into 
protesters out there, you know, exercising their First Amendment. And then you have the victim who, yes, like we were saying, is legally open carrying with an AK-47. And whether or not he did raise his rifle, again, you have someone driving their car into a group of people. And then uh, Perry murdered this man. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that that uh, Greg Abbott so vehemently and is going completely out of his punk ass way Mm -hmm. to start championing this person saying he deserves a pardon i think again just shows what we're up against here and also really crystallizes for me this this the what really the culture wars are always about whether it's drag performers whether it's trans lives whether it's abortion it's always just supremacy of the cis hetero white male Mm -hmm. and i think that sometimes we get lost in the arguments between like each other and 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 the 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 um heads of the culture wars who you know the trumps the abbots the ron DeSantis, all of uh, all of them uh and, and and we get really lost in in the dialogue or the debates or the discourse when really it's there is no discourse to be had this is just legitimately the rules don't apply to us yeah it and is legitimately white supremacists looking out for white supremacists. Totally. And it's 2023, goddammit, and I'm fucking tired of this shit. And it's like, how much more evidence do we need to to highlight this or put it on the front fucking page or explain to a generation that, like, white supremacists... This is my optimism here. I do think that sort of the last bastions of some of, of, of white supremacy as a face of the country like in the greg abbott's and the ronda Sanchez, i think it's getting fewer and fewer and that's why mm-hmm. they're fighting so hard mm-hmm. the systemic parts of it that's still long-standing and that has a whole dismantling thing that needs to continue happening mm-hmm. um but i do feel like more and more what what we're seeing is this sort of hyper reaction to to progress and honest growth and honest forward facing uh, people and younger people who are saying, we just want to live in a better America. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. Whatever mm-hmm. that, whether it's socialized medicine, whether it's, you know, taking care of in, uh, the the unhoused individuals mm-hmm. in this country, whatever it is, we just want to live in a better America because you keep telling us it's amazing to be here, yeah. but where's the evidence? Yeah. And, you um, know, America is an unrealized promise mm-hmm. is where we, more and more people are, are recognizing that, right? Because for the longest time, like we've just, Believed that this is the greatest country in the world, and this you know American supremacy, American elitism mm-hmm. uh, has just pervaded because that is the that is the front that needs to be put on so that we continue to to dominate in spaces, right? But this country is 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 a promise that has yet to be realized, and it's a and it's a journey for you know? everyone. Yeah, yeah, for everyone, it's a journey, and it, it, there's work to be done as we continue to figure what that is. But what the white people, and I say it like that because it's not white people, you know, it's this very specific subset of white people are coming to terms with is the fact that they are not the global majority. You know, like and they, in many it, cases, they never were. They never were. There's just this this imperialism that allowed them to take places of power. And now that other people are like, You've created this space called democracy, wherein the people have a voice, and now the people 
are representing themselves. And more and more, you are seeing representatives that are actually representing the people that they are representing. Mm -hmm. And it's not looking like you. Why? Because you aren't the global majority here. And this country has, from its foundation, been a place that has said, we welcome immigrants. We want people from everywhere. This is your safe haven. Everyone can live their lives here and grow the American dream. Well, you know what, bitch? That means that there's going to be a a cross-section of individuals and uh, you're having problems with that because you're realizing, wait, but does that mean that we have less power? It just means that you have to acknowledge that not everyone thinks the same. Exactly. You know, so. We'll take a shot to that. You know what? Let's do that. Because you know what? Life's too short and Don Julio is only getting getting older. And harder and harder to find this tequila. I've gone to various liquor stores sometimes looking for it and not been able to find it. So, salute. Salute. So, speaking of drag queens. Yes, let's go. All right. uh, Let's see how this conversation goes. This past Friday was the season finale of Drag Race season 15. And that deserves its flowers, okay? That deserves its flowers. One, first RuPaul, and foremost. You're welcome on the pod. RuPaul's Drag Race. Ru, you are welcome on the pod. We can talk about it. Um, so I want to start by asking Rooster, <laughs> as the cis hetero guy on the couch. Th- yes, cis, cis hetero guy on the couch. <laughs> what do you know of Drag Race? Let me say it like this. Drag race is a cultural icon in the United States, much like and it needs to be on that shelf with the survivors, with the big brothers, with these these reality shows, these competition shows that have been the American idols like it deserves its place on there. I also think even a little bit further than that. And I know it gets its flowers in this regard. But again, I'm just a hetero guy on the couch that it does so much in terms of things like LGBTQ um, issues um lgbtq visibility um that that i mean there's not enough flowers for that in and of itself uh because prior to drag race i mean there was the will and graces which again had their get their flowers but it was limited until eventually you had these shows that were in your homes every sundays it it varied it It varied over the years Um, it was fridays this season and then to have RuPaul, you know, uh, uh, this prominent black figure who at the helm of it all the time, um, creating not just a, an entertainment source, but literally changing the culture of, 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 of how we speak in this country. Now you, we say slay and we say sachet away and, and all these other sort of just cultural influences that as someone who's maybe watched five minutes of it (laughs) over 15 seasons. Um, I mean, like I can't say that I'm not affected by it. Yeah. Um, and I've always sort of, uh, appreciated parts of the, that I've seen. I've always seen the, the, what's the dance off at the end? The, uh, lip sync for your life, the lip sync for your life. That, that was actually very entertaining to me mm-hmm. because that was actually more entertaining than all the other lip sync shows that, that exist. And I hate those shows. Uh-huh. Um, so that was always great. And then, um, to see, I, in, in one way that I, I did appreciate RuPaul's drag race from what I saw, 
Um, and I did obviously see more than five minutes of it because how could you not yeah. over 15 seasons? Um, was then they would have these 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 drag queens showing creativity and the actual work that goes into craft mm-hmm. and and building up characters and costume design on on a level that I think s- the average person just doesn't understand. Like even like us as as entertainers and and writers, like there's so much that goes behind the scenes with what we do mm-hmm. in every single facet. Uh, uh, and and I think that that it kind of crystallized it in this very interesting way that creative entertainment work is work mm-hmm. and really validated that in, a, in an exceptional way. And I think one of the things and this is why it surprises me that you never got into it, because like you are a fan of reality TV. The shittiest reality <laughs> TV. Like, be clear, like the junkiest. You watch The Circle. Yes, (laughs) that's my shit. You watch The Circle. As a fan of reality TV, I think one of the things that Drag Race has done really well over the past few, some seasons better than others, but over the past few years is really humanize who these contestants are, Uh right? And you you get to know them as people and the struggles that they've overcome and like where, how they've landed to where they're at. And like you said, like everything it takes to get to where they are. And that was one of the uh, most incredible things about this season specifically was that you had some seasoned ass motherfuckers on this on this roster just showing the children of the world. This is how it's done. Mm-hmm. This is what drag is. This is how it's done. It doesn't matter because our, our season winner, you know, like. Most a lot of times it's these young drag queens coming up and doing this thing. But our winner this year, our next America's drag superstar, Sasha Colby, you know, is in her 30s. You know, she's a trans woman. She's a trans activist. She's been doing this for a while. She's won pageants left and right. Like she is seasoned. She is a professional. There is not a single stitch out of place Mm -hmm. and brings it. Every single time. But then you also get to know like who this person is mm. behind the performer. Right. And I think that's one of the beautiful things that drag queen has that drag race has done is let us in as to who these performers are as people. Mm-hmm. So that's why it really surprises me that it has not been something that has like, you know, infiltrated your life in 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 the past, because as a as an Emmy award winning reality TV show, sure. like clearly she does what she's supposed to do. No, totally. I think it also has to do, this is a personal thing, but I think it's because I cut the cord on like cable, like early sure. in my life. And it's so, not the easiest show to access if you don't have cable. Yeah, I didn't have VH1 for I don't, 18 years, 15 years. And this goes to RuPaul's empire yeah. where like, she's like, you wanted, you got to pay for it. Exactly. <laughs> And so um, that was kind of a big part of it. And then, I like you kind of mentioned, I do have an affinity for reality shows, mm-hmm. but I always look at them as like really bizarre social experiments. <laughs> and I hate, I don't like reality shows when they are what they say they are. So like, I don't like like Survivor. I don't like American Idol. I don't like The Voice. I it's like I like The Circle or the or Love Is Blind or these shows that are trying to sort of like tap into to the the psyche of humanness in in the most ridiculously trashy ways uh-huh. uh it's real trashy are yeah. you the one a oh, great trashy that's my jam yeah um that's my my bandwidth and then they're all streaming and i like being able to just uh just uh what do we say shit that's a don julio um 
Binge. <laughs> binge. Okay. I like to binge. Well, you can get most seasons of RuPaul's Drag Race on, uh, is it Paramount Plus? I think it's Paramount Plus. Okay, cool. Maybe maybe it's Peacock. Uh, and now I do have a question. So is it 15 seasons including the All-Stars? No, no, no. no. So this is just 15 okay. seasons of RuPaul's Drag, Drag Race. Race. Okay. Plus there are a number of seasons of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. Yes. Plus at this point there's RuPaul's Drag Race Canada, I Drag know. Race UK, Drag Race uh Amsterdam, Drag Race, Philippines, um, where else? I think there's an Australia one. Then there's also UK versus the world, which was interesting. Mm. What RuPaul has done is created an empire. I remember RuPaul from the B-52 video, Love Shack, in the (laughs) 80s. So to, like, the growth, the, the institution... That is RuPaul. I got nothing but fucking respect. RuPaul yeah. is gangster. Built a motherfucking empire. Hell and and yeah. it has have has had problematic moments over the years. And mm-hmm. that happens. Mm-hmm. That happens. You know, not everyone is perfect. And, and it's put how on for respond. so many other people. Yeah. And so. And that's really what I think community is at the heart of it. And that's one thing that I've always, again, from the peripheries where I exist and this show, um, like I, it's always put on people. Uh, whether it be like young LGBTQ youth to like see themselves represented or whether it be these like amazing entertainers who then go on to have careers of their own yeah. because they were on this like that. And like you can't necessarily say that about a Survivor or a Big Brother or these mm-hmm. other shows. So And, and that was the thing about Drag Race uh, where 15 plus years ago when season one came out. For those listening that have seen season one and that RuPaul filter, like the camera just looked like it had a layer of Vaseline over Mm -hmm. it. So everything was like smooth and blurry in season one. And I remember when it first came out, I was in college. I was like freshman, sophomore, something like that. And we would have these watch parties where all of us queer kids on campus would just get together to watch like RuPaul's Drag Race. There was this novel thing of like, where did this come from? Why? How is this on TV? Mm -hmm. Right. And now we are championing drag queens and seeing their their evolutions and what how people can actually make a career out of something that they love. Because it is an art form. Y'all, if you ain't never been in drag, you don't know the work that it takes to get there. And again, as someone that grew up in, you know, Laredo, Texas. Mm-hmm. Being able to see that. And a theater kid. On, and a theater kid. But being able to see that kind of like representation, that kind of like celebration of queer culture and queer life. Because let's, you know, let's get it straight. The people at the forefront of all queer liberation movements have always been people of color, mm-hmm. have always been trans folk, has always been these people that are put, that are pushed to the margins uh, when we start talking about like what gay life is and it's not the like cis het gay white male Mm -hmm. that have made progress in this country it is the trans women of color and to see that being championed in such a great way and to now there was no way in hell that anyone but sasha colby was going to win this season she has been an icon in the queer community has been an activist has has been a pillar for queer and trans folk that like 
There were moments where we thought that somebody might have been, might have taken it, but mm, no, no, bitch. As soon as that hair flip happens, it happened, and uh, rightfully so. Sasha Colby is your next Drag Race superstar. Round of applause for Sasha Colby. Spoiler alert! But Round of applause it happened. For, for it happened. Room. I highly recommend going back and watching the season. It was a great season. It was full of tea. It was full of shade. Oh my God, the shade was real this time. Uh, Mistress from. Um, Houston is a bitch and a half, but keeps it real because that's how Houston Queens be. You and know, always like, welcome on the pod. Always welcome on the pod. So that's <laughs> that's the way we're going. Um, Let's switch gears. Let's get going on our next segment. It is time for How Much For A Gram, something we saw on the Instagrams and we're going to talk about it. So... According to NPR, uh, I found this article where they said women are earning more money, but they are still picking up a heavier load at home. So, quote, last year, 29 percent of mar marriages were egalitarian with husbands and wives contributing roughly half of the couple's combined earnings. But in egalitarian marriages, wives are still spending more than double the amount of time on housework than their husbands. So the dusty dude revolution continues. We mm. are really like as women are dominating uh -huh. in colleges and boardrooms across America. Yes. Snaps to that. Snaps to that. Dudes are still trying to skate by. Mm. And uh as the token dusty dude rooster. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> um so the reason why I brought this up is because I feel like there's this big like alpha male YouTube podcast, TikTok, um brand that's happening where a lot of guys that and and and, and it's starting to kind of permeate in my life where I, I meet a lot of specifically young men who they're having this very adversarial relationship to women mm. and I don't understand why and I think it's it's again just patriarchy it affects men just like it affects women and it's a crippling fucking um just horrible social contract that we have and uh, women are doing exceptionally better in all fields and guys got to just come to terms with that. So, like, I guess my question is, is uh, why not more women representation in places like Congress? Like, you know, all <laughs> facets, because this the stats are just showing more women are graduating from college at mm -hmm. a higher rate than men. Mm -hmm. They're doing better in corporate America. Mm -hmm. Like and yet we still are regulating their bodies and doing horrible things. I don't know if there's an answer to this on this podcast <laughs> outside of patriarchy. And I guess maybe this is this, the to swing the pendulum the other way. Uh, women, y'all just got to start telling these dudes what to do. I think it's because men have such fragile testicles. Sure. You know, it's it male fragility is a real thing so out real. there. And fuck the patriarchy. <laughs> cool. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> All right. We'll see how this goes. And now it goes down in the DM or AO get at us. Whatever you call it. We always put questions out into the world. What do you want us to talk about? And sometimes some of you respond. So let's talk about it. So the first DM came from J.R. Estrada, the homie. Shout out. 
Um, Always welcome on the pod. Yeah. Did you hear about the the Pentagon leaks? Yes. Okay. Yes. So he really just wanted us to uh, to talk about the Pentagon leaks and specifically this 21 year old Air Force National Guard individual, Jack Teixeira, uh, who leaked. Props on pronouncing that last name because I saw all the all them all them <laughs> e's and i's and x yeah. yeah. So I was like, I don't know how to say that word. Jack Teixeira. Okay. Continue. Yes. And. Uh, Jack Teixeira was is is or I guess now was formerly a member of the uh, n- Navy Air National Guard. If you are a person who serves in the military and you're just like all the words that just came out of that person's mouth were completely incorrect. <laughs> it's I apologize all right. you. Somehow involved with this nation's military. Yes, and uh, was a is a very young individual who was uh, essentially leaking top secret information on social media platforms and game forums uh, and was recently caught and arrested. And I guess um, JR wanted us to talk about it. What are your thoughts first on the fact that uh, we're giving 21-year-olds top secret information that could uh, spoil our relationships to other countries that were potentially, you know, bad for the Ukraine-Russian war? I... What would you trust a 21-year-old with in your life right now? A beer run. Yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> I don't need, maybe not even a coffee run. No, no, they're going to get the coffee wrong. They're yeah. definitely going to get the coffee wrong. Yeah. But they'll get they'll get the beer right. I have hope in the next generation of people, mm-hmm. right? And and these young folks that are coming up. And there is an irreverence to decorum mm-hmm. that I actually am here for with young people with young people you know sure. we just saw what happened in in tennessee uh with the with two young the senators yeah three young senators that were two of them were expelled you know we can get into the race of it all but the idea that like fuck your decorum fuck your social norms i'm gonna stand by what i believe in right I don't know if this is necessarily that but right. <laughs> you know i do see that in the in the Gen Z of it all. The Gen Z of it all that kind of, you know, is an echo of the Gen X, mm-hmm. is an echo of of the millennials, mm-hmm. of, you know, this punk rock anarchist mo- movement of like, maybe we just need to burn it all down and start again. Yeah. Right. Which I, again, the punk rock anarchist in me is like, that's not a bad idea. Right. So this seemingly... 21 year old kid just kind of like fucking around and being like, look what I found at work and putting it out on discord. Right. Definitely feels like, I don't know, fuck around and find out. I don't, you know, like you, you can put it out there and the U S government is going to be having planes because the search for this kid, that was the most interesting part of all of this was how deep they had to go in order to find out who is the actual person that leaked it Mm -hmm. and the journalism that went into it. And then all of a sudden here is the U S government cracking down. And he looks like such a baby. Like he looks like (laughs) such a child. Yeah. He maybe did not think that he was going to be the next Edward Snowden, but he definitely didn't pull it off like Edward Snowden at all. I don't really know what I, to your point, like the Gen Z of it all kind of puts a giant question mark on it for me. Cause it was on discord. Yeah. It's a gaming chat platform. Who knows why he was sharing that at all? Because because people be dumb sometimes. People yeah. be like, look what I found. You know, and like throw it out there. I don't I don't think there was any I 
I don't know who this person is, you know, like, so, and this is the Don Julio talking. I don't think there was any like malicious intent here. I don't think he was trying to like, you know, broadcast some sort of like conspiracy. It was like when Ozzy Osbourne peed on the Alamo. He just had to take a leak. Yeah. That's all it was. And he took a leak on the nearest wall and it just happened to be the Alamo and then he was banned for 10 years. Banned for 10 years from San Antonio. And so this guy just found some like cool shit that he wanted to share share with his his gamer friends. Friends. Minecraft buddies. And wah, 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 your cool shit was top secret U.S. government. And, and now documents. you may never see daylight again. This morning, huh? I do I do kind of wonder on that element of it. I mean, the we're not getting into the whole criminal justice reform no, right not. now because Don Julio will not allow it. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, in many ways, this individual's life is for all intents and purposes uh, over. Yeah. You can't fuck around with the government like that. I think intent goes a long way in this, though. Uh, you know, like... No. No, no. No. If there's anything, everything, everywhere, all at once taught us is that no. just because you don't know what you're doing when you're filing your taxes doesn't exempt you from... Yeah, you know, the repercussions. The repercussions of filing fraudulent taxes. Yeah. Because also, like, it, it's funny because... Do, do, did you ever watch that old Matthew Broderick movie from the 80s, War Games? No. Okay, it's an excellent movie. Is it, it an underrated favorite? No, it was a hit <laughs> at the time, but now it it hasn't held up over time because of how technology's advanced. Sure, but it's such a time capsule of a time that it's it's like the most darling film to watch. Okay. Quick plot synopsis. Matthew Broderick is kind of a computer nerd who knows how to hack into his school's like computers and in the 80s. So it's like basic <laughs> DOS. Yeah. Uh, he can change his it's grade. Macintosh. Yes. Uh, he can change his grade if he doesn't like it, things like that. He finds this online game. Turns out it's a part of NORAD, like our defense strategy, and is almost about to create thermonuclear war between uh-huh. like us and Russia because this game is starting to take a lot. And it has to do with AI. It's actually really okay. ahead of its time. Okay. I think in some ways that's kind of what happened to this kid where it was like, oh, my God, like they're trusting me with this stuff. Let me show my buddy. And again, yeah. I don't know this individual. If it comes out later tomorrow, no, he's a part of some terror cell, then I will retract we, everything we, we I can't. said. We recant. But, but Don Julio the, says, fuck it. But then so then that leads the question of like, is the problem that young people no longer care about social pro- constructs or is the problem? Problem that the United States government is a little too lax on, you know, where its secrets that it's trying to keep. Like, is the problem in in the government itself? Is it systemic? Are, are we? I don't. I think what has changed so much just nationwide is that young people are now of an age that they live their entire life with a fully functioning internet. Mm -hmm. So, and the internet to me is what makes people question a lot of social norms Mm -hmm. because even in like the, the world war two time era, uh, Vietnam, you could still get away with like propaganda films to the majority of the nation because you weren't tapped into information the way that kids are now. Mm-hmm. And so because kids are tapped in, they have this sort of it's it's like the veil has been pulled off a little bit where it's yeah. like, no, that's just grandpa saying, like, don't tell nobody. And, you know, they don't fucking care. It's like <laughs> because they think like nobody fucking cares. And I think in a re- very real way, this kid found out like, no, people fucking care because Russia and others were taking these this leaked information from these chats and finding out secrets about the United States because he was just being whatever about He's it. He's just being a dumb kid about it. But also that's where like. 
when we go back to the, like the white supremacy of it all, you know, like uh, <laughs> hard pivot, hard, but it's ish, on brand with this ish, this show, hard pivot ish in that, you know, we talk about like people growing up in bubbles. Right. And so the reason that right. for so long things have been the way they are is because you don't know anything outside your immediate community. Mm-hmm. Right. And all you know is the people around you. And if you've only ever been surrounded by people that look like you and sound like you and think like you, then that's all, you know, and somebody comes in from hard left and it's like, what the fuck is that? Right. Right. We live in a time wherein you have access to every culture in this world. You have access to every kind of people. You have access to everything that's out there. And so to still Act as if we live in a bubble is really strange to me. And that's why, again, I say I I have hope when it comes to the next generation and what the future of this country and this world looks like is because we do see and acknowledge that it's like we don't live in bubbles. The second thing that was in the DMs, TDSJ, this comes from TDSJ. Uh, decriminalizing of cannabis and decriminalization of nature. I mean, I think we can pretty much say that we're for the decriminalization, actually, or just the legalization of marijuana. Yeah. Uh, San Antonio is putting it on the ballot. It is. That whole prop thing, A thing, is a big, like, hot-button topic that we're probably going to have to talk about at some point in uh, the near future. Yeah, elections are coming up. Early voting is coming up, so we'll probably talk about it. It's it's an it's a no nonsense issue. Mm-hmm. All right. Nobody's died of an overdose of of marijuana. Uh, I would say very, very few accidents, incidents, crimes have been have happened when someone has been under the influence of marijuana. Uh, it's we have proven its medicinal purposes, all of that. The only reason it still lives as where it lives federally as a uh, you know controlled substance is because of racism. So yep, easily Googleable. So if you don't know why, just go Google just why go, marijuana is illegal. Just go Google. I'm excited at the fact that like San Antonio is actually like putting this on the ballot and moving in this direction. Is there? Do you know of any other Texas cities that have like moved in this direction? Because again, we live in Texas, real you know Republican led yes and then but and then within that like you do have these pockets of 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 blue um like san antonio like austin like, all the major cities uh, honestly at this point even fort worth votes mm-hmm. blue in in a presidential election but what i s- tend to think is interesting about texas is even in like it's bluest of blue in austin you still have these deeply red rooted movements that are tied to tradition that are tied that are to, tied to capitalism that are tied to capitalism absolutely and so like in a weird way i feel like san antonio i don't want to say we're leading the charge but i think we're trying to get in front of it as much as possible yeah cuz i don't think i've heard of any other city in texas like putting this on its Mm-mm. you know putting it for a vote so uh shout out to san anto and realizing that all this is bullshit and if we're not going to do it at a state or federal level, let's just do it locally and uh, decriminalize this shit. Yeah. Because uh, it's a waste of resources. It's a waste of money. To quote Afro Man, call 45 and two zigzags. Baby, that's all we need. Let's 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 get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> John Julio, you bastard. Yeah. All right. 
let's get out of here, people. All right, we gonna wrap up today's show. Uh, what are we looking forward to? What's happening in the near future that we are looking forward to? Uh, Rooster, go first. Uh, right now, I am looking forward to the River City Rumble, which is happening here in San Antonio on April 26th at the Blah 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 Poetry Spot. We have a sick list of 18 poets. Who are it's going a to stacked bout. Straight up. So Stacked. If you want to find out information on that, follow Write Art Out on Instagram or myself, Roost MTZ on IG. Yeah, or or me. Oh yeah, you be sharing it. Yeah. I post about it. Yeah. She's gonna be the bout manager for it. So true facts. Lord, it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be a good bout. What I'm, are you looking forward to, friend? Similarly, I was thinking River City Rumble. I'm there for it. Uh, I'm also looking forward to the Super Mario Brothers movie. Oh, are you gonna see it? We we we. It's on the calendar. We talked about it we also debated how expensive it is to go to the movies mm. we were trying to find a roundabout way to watch it i might edit this out because that's illegal <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't bootleg a hamburger would you uh, i miss those commercials i don't know what you're talking you don't about. know those commercials so at the at the beginning of dvds and i only know this because when i worked at hollywood video they used to have these like psas about bootlegging especially during like the piracy like burning dvds yeah. era so it'd be like you wouldn't download some you know a hundred dollars from someone you know's bank account would you you wouldn't you know bootleg a car bootleg would a you hamburger. and it was like no yeah i would i, I would if I, it was I, if it was possible yeah I'm excited to see the Super Mario Brothers movie just because, you know, like that feels like something that like is of our generation, you know, growing up with like Nintendo mm -hmm. and then Super Nintendo and then Nintendo 64 and what that did for yeah. like the gaming world. Like we are Nintendo fans. We have a Switch these days. We still play Mario Kart. So I'm excited to watch that. Here's a question. In the last 30 years, who's mattered more as an icon Mario or Mickey Mouse? I'm going to say Mario. I think you're right. I'm going to say Mario because Mario has inspired generations of other game creators to go out and create their own things, whereas Mickey Mouse has just tried to control everything. Yeah. Same. We ain't for that. We're not for that. But I do also love what I've seen about this movie and how, like, non-serious – to go back to like the Barbie of it all from last week's episode, mm -hmm. how it's not taking itself very seriously. It's like, yeah, this is an Italian plumber <laughs> <laughs> tripping on mushrooms yeah. for two hours. So I'm excited for that. I don't have anything else. Well, we appreciate y'all listening. Thank you all so much for joining in. Uh, be sure that you email us any questions you have at after the number two tequilas at gmail.com that's actually not our email Damn at it. all that's the don julio talking after two tequila shots at gmail.com that's after the number two tequila shots at gmail.com thanks for tuning in this has been a wild episode wherein we don't know what we're talking about we don't know why we're talking about it but we were here if you want to follow rooster to get more information about whatever you can find me on instagram roost mtz uh i'll be there and if you want more information on chibi you can find should be at gem in eyes on instagram that's g-e-m-i-n-e-y-e-s uh we'll be back next week uh and i don't know what we're gonna be talking we're about gonna, it's gonna be double digits and we're gonna be much more prepared it's episode 10 thank you all so much to uh for anyone who tunes in until then stay safe out there bye drink responsibly